Give me something. G'day punters and welcome to Give Me Something, the sports bet podcast where we trifle through the world of sport, or at least what we've still got running, and we try to find you something that's worth punting on. Now, usually I love to come into this podcast and we've got four absolute degenerates to give you some information, <laughs> but unfortunately there's only two of us today, myself and of course Slug, you've gotten used to him and unfortunately you've had to sit through a couple of his gags, but we've also got Joel Kane, the man who could bring energy to a dead car. Joel Kane, absolutely fantastic to have you here. And Ed White, possibly the most overqualified man to ever step foot on a sports bet podcast. One of the most knowledgeable, but that is not where we stop today. The V8 supercars are taking the sports esports world by storm by providing the only watchable alternative to real sport. When we talk about esports, I'm sure you've all jumped on it, but they are taking on the mountain this week at Bathurst. And who better? to have on the podcast than Rick Kelly, a man who has tackled the mountain himself and won Bathurst champion, of course, 2006, won the entire V8 supercars in the real car. And we've got him right here sitting in his simulator. If you're on podcast, then jump onto the YouTube version of this because this is a beautiful setup from a man cave perspective and a racing perspective. Welcome, Rick. How you going? Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. Beautiful for you to be here. And I just want to throw out to people that this isn't some Simpsons hit-and-run rinky-dink rig you've got here. You built this thing yourself. Yeah, well, when they said that we are going to go e-racing, uh, I panicked, to be honest. I've got a couple of supercars <laughs> parked in the shed at, at work, but I certainly don't have a, a computer version of that. So I know a lot of the guys did, so they are pretty well prepared. But for me, we, uh, we had to get busy and, and build one. So um, I had a, a few suppliers come on board to help me with computers and, and pedals and steering wheels, and we found some spare wood in the shed, and we, um, we got busy building it. So it's actually been a lot of fun, particularly that side of it, building the sim and getting ready for e racing but learning how to race a computer and um and everything that goes along with it, it's actually been a pretty decent sized challenge well if you do want to see rick build this machine then jump on a kelly racing on youtube and you'll see some of the smoothest sponsorship plugs you have ever seen in your life it is almost <laughs> artistic the way you weave them in there but do you want to, do you want to give us the major difference right now for you of course you're new to that sort of sim game the difference between being in the real car sort of mentally and and being in the simulator well, yeah, it's a, it's a really good question, and it's a big thing that I'm struggling with. So um, on the racetrack, there's only a couple of tents that separate, you know, the drivers um, each side of you. But in, in sim racing at the moment, there's there's a few seconds, and there's a, a good reason for that. The guys that have done it for a long time really understand how the computer game communicates, you know, to the driver. Whereas when I'm in the, in the real car, you feel the car moving around, you know, by, by your backside and, and, and the seat of your pants. So when a car starts to oversteer or understeer or, or give you any sort of feedback like wheel locking, you feel that from inside the car. Whereas when you're racing it on, on the computer, you have to work out how it's communicating those very important things to you. So it does it a little bit through vision movement on screens. It does it through the noise coming through the speakers. And it does it a little bit as well through the steering wheel. So. It's been a big thing for me to try and adapt to that because when you jump on the brakes, coming down Conrad at Bathurst at 300 and you lock a wheel, believe me, you know all about it. There's smoke coming in the cabin, <laughs> this car starts to vibrate and you're probably going to be in the sand trap soon after that. So in the computer, you can jump on the brakes and lock a wheel and not know that it's going on because you can't feel any of that movement at all. So it's taken a lot for me to, to work out how to be sensitive to, to those um, 
the, the communication from the computer itself to, to be able to drive faster. So we're about to head into week three of that now, and I've, I've knocked a couple of seconds off my times in comparison to the others, but still a long way to go because of uh, the level of experience they've got. So that's one aspect that's really quite difficult, but um, the next one is the technical side of it for me as well. So, you know, when you drive the car um, on a racetrack, you know you've got to go to the grid at a certain time, you hop in the car and drive around. It's not, unfortunately, that simple when it comes to <laughs> iRacing. You have to have um, a good knowledge of how to get in and out of the servers, and there's a different um, race server for every session. So you have to exit from one and withdraw from the session, wait till the organisers put the new one up and make sure that you click on it and, and it loads quick enough with fast enough internet for you to get to the grid before the race starts. But obviously that's the, the easier bit. We then run Zoom, just like we are now, to um, do the post-race interviews. We run a program called um, Discord to do the communication where everyone goes in between the sessions and we can talk to the category, we talk to the other drivers. And then once you're in the um, race itself, you can connect to your own Discord to talk to your team manager, who might be, in my case, in Queensland, or, or race engineer, I should say, in Queensland, and he helps with strategy. And then I've got another laptop down um, next to me here, which runs um, another software program that looks at all of the strategy and the, the timing and everything else. So uh, it never it never ends. And, and um, normally in a race car situation, you have the driver focused on the driving, and you have a whole... Um, fleet of people around you taking care of your strategy and all the tech side of things whereas um, now that we're all stuck in our bedrooms or, or lounge rooms or in my case the man cave you've got to try and run all that at the same time as racing so yes it's it's pretty complex and something I'm learning a fair bit about very rapidly. Well smoke in the cabin there reminds me a bit of my college days uh, <laughs> when, you, when you say that one and you laugh as well Ed there because I know you're a Washingtonian yourself. Uh, Ed is there anything you want to jump in there? Yeah, first of all, thanks for that, Rick. That really uh, shed some light on the, the behind-the-scenes factor. We saw Max Verstappen last week from Formula One jump in. Will Power, of course, in the IndyCar series is in, in the race tonight. Is there anyone else around the world that you love to uh, see jump into one of these uh, races? Yeah, not really, because they always jump in in front of me, which is not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a serious note, I mean, that's the cool thing about it. We we um, have a couple of guys and girls joining us, like you said, Will Power, this, uh, t- tonight, I should say, at Bathurst. And also my ex-teammate, Simona Di Silvestro. So uh, we were running a practice session. Oh, they, they actually run them every day at the track that we're going to race at that, that week. And uh, last night I was on practicing and um, Simona was driving around the track in front of me. And that, that's a pretty cool thing. So I'm sitting in my in my shed in Melbourne driving around the track virtually and she's in um, Switzerland sitting in, in her room and she's she's like three metres um, up the road on the same track. So it is pretty cool that we can start to involve people from all around the globe on the, on the very same racetrack as we do it. So um, it was very cool racing with um, Max last week. He's, a, he's very good at eye racing and um, so I didn't race with him too much but he had a crash and was, just happened to be up the back where I was and I <laughs> did have a good battle with him for, for a lap or so and um, you know as we get faster hopefully we can have better battles with the wild cards that come in i i think they're busily um trying to find um bigger big names like that to join us i think there's a couple of uh nascar guys and and indycar guys that have interest in our racing as there is in europe as well so i don't think this will be the last that you see from wild cards like that joining us in supercars everyone has obviously um intentions and and aspirations to race at bathurst so um that's this weekend with a couple of the yeah, Will Power and Simona and so on. And then beyond that, who knows? 
Now, Joel, I know you're probably getting a little excited about those monitors to use them for the stock market, but have you got any racing related? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I, the only thing that I've ever, you know, done in a car really was I, I drove for about 40 minutes with a bloke who I used to play football with. His nickname was Brains. <laughs> and he told me after about 20 minutes he had no brakes in the car. So that was, <laughs> that was the only time I've ever had it. But what I want to know, Rick, is that when you're on the main tracks, the real tracks, and you're winning your first Bathurst in the early 2000s, and the whole of Australia basically has their eyes on you at that time, what we typically do, your fangirls, so even the biggest sporting stars in other sports, they'll watch Bathurst like anyone else will watch Bathurst. You know, they're just another fan watching it. What are you fanboy over when you're watching another sport? What's a sport that you can't wait to watch and you're just another fan? To be honest, I don't watch much TV or much sport at all because I've, I've been involved in sport my whole life. When I'm not doing that as a profession, I get the hell away from it and build something <laughs> in the shed. The, the only sport I, I look at every now and then is a little bit of tennis, and it's because I quite enjoy um, playing it. I think training on the tennis court is very similar. It sounds weird, but it's actually very similar to what we face inside the car. So you see on the tennis court, when it gets hot, um, and they start to you know, get dehydrated and, and phys- physically staffed after a couple of hours of playing, the accuracy and the way their mind works starts to deteriorate. And it's very similar for us in the race car. We, we have temperatures upwards of 50 degrees in there and we can be racing for two and three hours at a time. So when you start to str- struggle physically, you start to um, become less accurate. And when you're less accurate at going 300 k's an hour, things turn pear-shaped really, really quickly. So um, training on the tennis courts... Um, something I quite enjoy and as you as you'd expect I'm not much chop at it so I quite enjoy <laughs> watching watching the professionals do that a little bit of MotoGP and yeah that's about it to be honest so but but the tennis thing I I do quite enjoy one more for me Rick um and let's be a bit feeding him here isolation <laughs> there's one person in the racing community that you would would be the last person you'd pick to be with isolation oh yeah who do you hate <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> It's hard, it's, it's hard to answer that because I've been training for this self-isolation for 20 years. That's why I've got some acreage in Melbourne. I don't go near anybody. So this is, uh, everything's been pretty normal for me. Yeah, too smart, too smart. He's, yeah. used to, he's used to racing cars, but it's not good when you throw him under the bus like that. <laughs> Slug, we haven't vetted your question, so I'm a little bit worried here, but, uh, but go, go ahead cautiously. My, my question was around just video gaming in general. Has, have you picked up any interest in Gran Turismo or anything like that um, since you've started doing this? For those of you who um, are watching on, on YouTube on the video side, you can see there's a second stimulator behind me with a kid's camping chair and um, that's got uh, Gran Turismo on it. The only time I ever played that was um, uh, in the early 2000s when I moved to Melbourne from Mildura. Um, I had nothing else to do and, and we would move down for the endurance season and stay at my brother's house um, apart from um, annoying him for the whole time. We used to sit on PlayStation and play that in, in between the training that we used to do and, that, and that's about it. But no, I, I'm just getting older and more frustrated with video games. So I spend you know, a couple of hours training on, on iRacing to try and get faster and I, I find it so hard not to throw something in the computer and walk away every every 10 minutes. So uh, yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is actually a little bit of fun driving around tracks like Bathurst because I know what they feel like in the real thing and you can you can um, to some extent replicate that here on the simulator. It's actually pretty, pretty damn close to um, being in the car apart from the movement. So that's really impressive. But it is very frustrating 
demonstrating learning new tracks. And because there is only two um, tracks on the Australian circuit that are on our iRacing calendar in Phillip Island and Bathurst this week, most of our time is spent learning new tracks um, from around the globe, and that's yeah, it's quite frustrating. So I'd much prefer to be outside. You won't see me on this simulator too much when the series is over, I imagine. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Rick, you are an absolutely unbelievable talent, and uh, I tell you what, you got four fans tonight that will be absolutely cheering for you to conquer that, conquer that mountain. Maybe a little too hard. Joel might even get on the socials here and, and, be, and be, be making it public as well. He's always pretty good at that. But no, we, we, we thank you for your time and, and all the best oh, tonight, yeah. mate. Thanks very much. You'll find me out the back of the field. <laughs> oh, no, no. He's going to be right up there. What an unbelievable bloke, fellas. How great. That is it. See, this is those times where... You finally meet someone and talk to them, and then you're a fan for life, sort of setup. Jeez, he speaks well too, doesn't he? Well, jeez, that is unbelievable. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, but anyway, we, we do have some. Look, I'd, I'd love to sit there and chat to, chat to Rick all day, but he does have a race to compete, so we've got to get to the markets that the punters have been begging for this week. And and Joel, we'll start off with you right now because I know that you always bring enough energy to defibrillate a dead cat. So I'm pretty sure you're <laughs> going to be able to light this one up and give us something, give us some value. Yeah, I just want to uh, touch on something probably a bit more important in your life at the moment. Uh, Felix, a bit of a sad <laughs> week it's been that you've been relying and researching and feverishly just putting in when it comes to that great code called Kieran Racing. Oh. And for now, it's been parked, uh, literally. How are you feeling, mate? Uh, you know, I, I, I did, uh, I put my lycra out, as you said, but I, uh, yeah, I sat out there with the helmet, <laughs> sat out there with the helmet, put a few candles around it, said a couple of, sang a couple of my famous, favourite uh, Japanese songs, watched Hello Porcupine, one of my favourite Japanese films, and yeah. and just sort of rode off into the sunset. Uh, well, listen, I'm talking about uh, boxing and the great Dean, what a great debut yesterday, by the way, the great fella, and he's a champion fella, he's such a clever man behind the scenes here at Sportsbet. So I'm talking about this fight of Darcy Lussick and Nelson Asofa Solomona. Now, Darcy Lussick beat the tripe out of Justin Hodges, okay? Now, it's got to be said, I, I don't know that Justin Hodges is a fighter, nor am I. Um, but Nelson Asofa Solomona absolutely cleaned up this guy in a bar in Bali. Nelson Asofa Solomona, <laughs> he's in the tuition of Craig Bellamy, who basically just goes through torture camps every year he would be so mentally tough he's the world's biggest human that you've ever seen at, at the moment um and i played with solomon hamono do you remember him and what was the, the girl's name the love um what was her name boys oh i know who you're talking the, about the english lady um yeah. it'll come to me anyway our listeners will know that uh, solomon hamono but i played with him and i'll tell you a quick story about solomon hamono solomon hamono was fighting a bloke called dan stains right and Nelson Asofa Solomona, who I'm talking about, is bigger than Solomon Amono. Name also, in, in letters I'm talking about. But um, they were fighting one day, Dan Staines and Solomon Hamono. And it was Dan Staines who started the fight. <laughs> and Solomon Amono absolutely goes, bang, 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 cleans him up, right? The referee has sent off one of those two players. The player who got sent off was Dan Staines. But the problem was... That Solomon Mono cleaned him up so much that Dan Stain's become the first player in rugby league history to get sent off but had to leave via a stretcher. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as the, the, the I'm with Dean, I think Nelson Asofa Solomona, he is $2 and as big as the man is, as big as the price is. That is just a big, big price. And I think punters, when I say gamble responsibly, take a heap of the $2. That is gambling responsibly. <laughs> 
I love they've always wondered a way to work around that little gamble responsibly. You found a way there, Beautiful hey, Joel, stuff. I think, was it Gabrielle Richens? Was that the yes, girl? Yes, yes. Yeah. What was her nickname, though? The love... Um, yeah. Oh, it'll come to me. By the way, speaking about love, I'm just looking at myself on the monitor here. Jeez, I could... I think isolation's been unkind to me, boys. It's taking it into the gym, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually fitter than I've ever been. I'm running every day, but as they say, you can't outrun a bad diet. So, um, <laughs> anyway, we'll get back onto that. <laughs> All up to you now, Ed. Uh, well, you know, you would expect me maybe to go with the Taiwanese baseball, which I've become very fond of. But that's on every night, so we're going to go a little different. There's a... There is a soccer game tonight from Tajikistan, one of the three sort of uh, former Soviet republics still playing uh, soccer, Belarus being the most prominent, and Turkmenistan being the most recent, but we're not going to get into that yet. Um, FC Kujant, the second best team in Tajikistan, off to a very slow start. Five goals scored, four goals against um, they're in seventh place, coming off a huge loss, surprise loss, I might add, Felix, to FC Catlon. <laughs> um, they're playing Kuktosh. So Kuktosh is in sixth. They have scored three goals only, but have not given up a goal. So here's my gut feeling. Kujan to win, but both teams to score. That'll give you 288. I think Kujan are just too good to continue this slow start. Second best team behind Istiklal, which win it every year. Um, so get behind FC Kujant. Now, I cannot stress enough, with Ed's knowledge of sports, that is basically a stimulus package. What, <laughs> what you have just provided there, Ed. So I would, I would absolutely back you to the hills with anything. You, you, if, if you research something enough, you could find some $18 roughies in, in, in this stuff as well. I think that the, one, the, one, the greatest loss to society is that you are not heavily invested in racing. <laughs> yes. Oh, I did. I'm very poor at that. I will say, guys, very, very poor at racing. The one thing I will say, as a caveat, guys, is the Belarusian league, and I've been studying it for five weeks. There is absolutely no rhyme nor reason to the, what's <laughs> happening in Belarus. So, if I give a Belarus tip, steer clear. Ed, can I just say one thing? I might have found another little jewel in the rough. Um, <laughs> you mentioned one of the teams has a conceded a goal so far and they can't really score they've only scored the three who was that yeah. what's that which team was that that is Kuktosh who Kuktosh. by the way they play in a great stadium Oilfield Stadium Oilfield Stadium <laughs> oh, Pleasure Machine was the lady's name by the way Pleasure <laughs> Machine that's it yeah yeah Gabriel yeah. Richards yeah um, what about this for this this bet? What about under two and a half goals? Could you talk me out of that? Yeah I think that's not a bad thought either I think that could Ooh. possibly be the case Kujan has put some uh, goals in the back of the net. That's my only worry, Joel. Is that right, they, okay. they could be due and could put, you know, three past Kuktosh. Yeah, I'm here now. Yeah, I'm so he's politely as... telling you that you're wrong. I think I so politely. I think I'm due as well, Ed. And I reckon I'll put three past the keeper as soon as this lockout ends. But uh, for, for now, we will have to wait a while. But anyway, speaking of diamonds in the rough. Now, yeah, you follow the socials, of course. You see Ed all the time. You see Shug. You see myself. Diamonds in the rough. We went all the way into the brand team to pull this guy out of the depths of the brand team in the marketing Ooh. department. Slug, give us what you got today. Well, that's right. Diamonds are made under pressure. Um, <laughs> from 
going to be under if, if I don't pull out a winner here, although I have been on a winning run lately. So just a quick one from me. I'm actually heading over to Belarus, where hopefully there is some rhyme and reason, Ed, uh, to <laughs> pull out, although uh, unlike Ed, research isn't my forte. So I'm going to look at a handball match uh, between Mesheka uh, and the top of the table, Meshkov Breast. So this sport is the biggest, uh, the second biggest in Europe, I should say, and it's it's definitely a favourite of mine. I love when we used to get the handballs out in PE. Any sport I can play by weedy frame is is free from contact. Is <laughs> so um, it's going to be really tough to state a case uh, for a head-to-head bet here, given that the boys from Brest uh, are paying a dollar three. They're twenty-three and one. Uh, on the season so far. And I have it on good authority that their only loss came the day after Marco Panic shared his new homebrew vodka with the boys. So <laughs> matches uh, and nothing is slowing down the momentum train out of Brest. So the over looks to go here. Uh, Brest have mopped the floor with the Mashika boys for the past couple of seasons, just belting them every time. So um, the Brest boys have had a couple of weeks off and I reckon they're going to come out firing. So my final match prediction is 44-24. That'll take us to 68 total points. The over sitting at 64 and a half so uh look at the overs here paying a dollar 87 very nice slug very nice dollar 87 better than the dollar three i was hoping you didn't leave us with that one <laughs> but anyway i'll jump now i was going to talk about supercars this morning but unfortunately the market has had to go down just for a little bit but it'll be back up that's at the time of recording it'll be back up very very shortly in a couple of minutes i'm sure so we're going to wait a bit for that and if you stay tuned to the sports bet socials i'm going to get on twitter and i'm I don't have the same sort of simulation system. I'll try to ham it up a little bit, and we'll give you the best bet for Mount Panorama tonight on the eSports. But what I do want to talk about, the NFL draft coming up on Friday our time. Now, I have absolutely dug myself a hole in this on multiple, on SEN, Fox Sports News, and now on the podcast. This is going to be a quarterback-heavy start to the draft. And I've said that before, and you disagreed with me, Ed, that I reckon the Dolphins are going to climb their way up. But there's another team that's also in desperate need of a quarterback in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I reckon that Justin Herbert is a very, very nice selection for them. So if you choose Herbert, now it's going to be tough for the for the Jags to get him in their current selection. But I reckon that they could potentially even trade up to that third spot. And it's currently $8 for Herbert to go to the Jags. Now, there's multiple moves that can happen. They could trade up to 4 5 or anywhere to get that sort of pick. But I still think that Herbert would be a nice fit for the Jags. And I reckon there's already been a bit of talk of it. And a bit of a link there, but I reckon they're going to make some moves on draft day. So eight bucks, you're going to get Herbert to the Jags. Interesting. I Look, I never said it wasn't going to be a quarterback-heavy draft. I just objected to your potential moving <laughs> up to take Tua. I think the Dolphins may move up and take Herbert. That's my gut feeling at the moment. I think Herbert's going to go higher than Tua, which is another market we can look into at some point. Lots of markets out there, Felix. Absolutely to look at. We'll put some stuff on social. I'm working on a couple of blogs at the moment about sort of those best NFL bets. So I think, yeah, I think it's a good thought that you make. Someone's going to move up. There's no doubt about it. It could be Jacksonville, could be Miami, could be the Chargers. Well, that's what it is. And the traders have all set the odds right now. Based on it's very tough for them to be able to predict, just like it is for the punters, tough for them to be able to predict who is going to move up with these trades. Because the NFL, as we said on another podcast, they keep their cards a little bit closer to their chest than a lot of other things do. Sometimes you get some real surprises on draft day as opposed to the NBA and, and other leagues where you sort of it, it seems to be almost public knowledge before it happens. Can I ask one question, Ed, for you? Uh, Joe Burrow, who, by the way, boys, I don't know if I've told you this, I actually I backed Joe Burrow at $81 for the Heisman. Wow. At $81, <laughs> I backed him for the Heisman. That's what were you drinking that night? I don't know, but I was drinking <laughs> Joe Burrows of alcohol after that. Um, 
thirty bucks I had on him at eighty one dollars. So thank you, Joe Burrow. Wow. But just just on that, so in racing, right? So they they talk about it, Jules Valance, three wide no cover. They talk about the starting price of the the race prior, and and that's a big indicator. So his starting price, effectively, in this same cluster of people, was eighty one dollars. Therefore, not considered a big pick. Do you think that he's going to be all that he's meant to be, Joe Burrow? A lot of the stats, the size of his hands, and those sorts of things don't really pass muster. Or do you think he's going to be a big flop of room? Oh, well, what we saw last year, he was absolutely superb. Uh, I think his mobility, he's got a good arm, he's smart, he's a good leader by all accounts. He's right. He's got the size. I, I think he's ready-made to be, be a good NFL quarterback. The only question is, because the Bengals have been so bad, um, is he put into a, a situation where he can't win? And here's the real worry, I think, for, for guys like Burrow and uh, Herbert and even Tua or whoever else gets picked. There's going to be a shortened preseason. There's no doubt the training camp's going to be impacted. So mm. I think a young kid is going to struggle a little bit more than he would in a normal year. But I do think he is uh, the right pick, and I think he's going to be a very good NFL player. Yeah, I think skill-wise, you really can't go past him with, with the metrics that he's got. But the, the hard thing is with, with that quarterback position is so much of it is mental. You look at a guy like RG3 comes out and dominates his first year and then you never see him again. Of course, there was injuries involved there, yeah. but, but that quarterback spot, you can get spooked, much like a pitcher in the MLB. You get spooked and it can change the trajectory of your career. Hey, Slide, once again, Ed's response was, no, Joel, you're wrong. He's <laughs> <laughs> so polite about it. I was just going to say, it's, it's, it's a good time to be, it'll be a good time to be a veteran. Uh, a journeyman veteran in the NFL. I think a few of these teams will be looking at having a veteran alongside the, the Joe Burrows and the, and the tours of the world just to even start a few games, um, as they just touched on the shorter preseason. Um, you know, Josh McCown could finally get to all 32 teams. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I think that's where you got, if you got a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick or I saw Denver just sign Jeff Driscoll, you know, these kind of backup yep. guys that you're absolutely right. Those first few games, you know, or even to give the rookie some uh, some assistance. I think that's a really good point. I mean, the veterans are going to be really more key than ever, given how this season's going to be affected. Well, we're going to have much more to talk about on the NFL draft over the socials on the podcast in the coming days until that gets underway on Friday. But right now, the file size on this thing is getting far too big. So we might have, <laughs> this podcast might be up by 5 p.m. with poor Harley having to load this one up with that, with that size. So let's quickly recap our bets. We'll start off with you, Shug. Yeah, look, boys, I'm actually uh, breaking rank here. I'm actually, because the fight's going to be a while away, my best bet on Saturday was a horse called Mars Crusader. So it's $1.80, that's all it is. That'll help start your multi. But I'll also say this today, Bendigo and Canterbury races 1-4. to four. Bonus bets back up to $50. I don't normally talk racing, but I really think this wins. Race 3, Bendigo, Mask Crusader. Well, you've had some success. You give me a couple of tips, uh, both in the NRL and the racing, and, yeah, and they've hit for me, Shug. So we'll take that one to the bank. Ed? Tajikistan Soccer, FC Kujan to win, and both teams to score gets you 288. Can we get that one in English, please? <laughs> Slug? Uh, I've got the Belarusian handball. Uh, Mashika versus Meshkov Breast. And we're going to take the overs there. Plus 64.5. Perfect. And I'm taking Herbert to get snapped up by the Jags at some point in the draft at $8. Thank you all for tuning in. As Joel said, gamble responsibly. I'll leave it up to you as to what responsibly is in that regard. But thank you for tuning in. Perfect. Yeah. Good job, boys. He's great. Fuck, he 